0: But let's bring in our next guest. It is uh, David Amber, a man who uh, believes in the Canucks more than locals here in the Lower Mainland. It's David Amber. How's it going, David?
1: Believed.
0: <laughs>
1: no, I. I still have some. I, listen, they're turning the corner, but it's slow, like a little slower than than anyone would have liked. But y- you know what? I. I, I do feel. I do feel they're headed a little bit in the right direction. The power play's been better, and and Patterson's starting to to look a lot more like Pedersen, and those are some good signs. So yeah, I'm still I'm still holding faith.
2: I don't blame you for not selling the stock yet, David, because. We haven't seen the best version of this team yet, and, and we're not sure how high the ceiling is, but until you see what they're doing at their best, it's hard to really judge that, right? And how often do we see, start of the season, 13, 15 games in, some teams, you know, they, they scuffle, then they figure it out, some teams go off to a hot start, and then it falls off or goes off the rails like we saw in Toronto some years back. So things can change in a big, big hurry, but I think the main reason people shouldn't sell their stock is, why would you until you've seen the peak?
1: Yeah, I, I think, listen, that's a measured, you know, you, that's a pretty measured approach, especially in a city where the fan base can be, you know, get pretty high and pretty low pretty quickly. So I, I think you hit it on the head. You know, bottom line is this. Patterson and Hughes, two of their their most key players, missed camp. And that's not insignificant. It really isn't. And I know they're young guys and skilled guys, but they, they had to get their, their footing under them, I think. And that takes a bit of time. And without those two guys playing at the level – they need to play at the team the complexion of the team is totally different um you know one thing though when i talk to a few of the analysts here with sportsnet on the tv side of things and they'll say they they want to know what is the identity of of mm-hmm. this team yeah and that's that is a good question right there are a lot of very nice parts that any team would want to have, but collectively, what is the identity? And I think they're still trying to figure that out.
2: Yeah, we're starting to f- trying to figure that out as well. We're also trying to figure out uh, where the real Elias Petterson is. Well, when you watch him play through 13 games to start off the year, what do you see from Petterson?
1: Well, I see he's pr- improving. Uh, I wondered about seven, eight games in, I said the wrist must still be bothering him or something. He seemed tentative to me. He just didn't have that that bravado around the net. He didn't have that he seemed reluctant to shoot. I I think after ten games he had twenty one shots or something like that. You'll have to double check that. But he seems now to be getting a bit more into the rhythm of shooting because that's one, you know, that's one of his greatest weapons. He has this incredibly accurate and hard and deceptive snapshot that drives goaltenders crazy. And it's a big part of his arsenal. And when he's not shooting as much, you know, he he loses a lot of who he is in my opinion. So, uh, I, I wondered why he was tentative. I wondered if there was some, some nagging wrist, uh, you know, issues there following the surgery. You know, I also watched him in the face off dot, uh, and I said, okay, he doesn't always, it didn't always seem right to me. So there was just a few things where, where I wondered where his game was at, but I do see in the last three games he's getting a bit more of that swagger back, a bit more of that um, you know shooting first mentality, and I think it suits him well.
0: Well, it's it, you know, uh, it's funny that we we look at this team right now, and it, it's been Pedersen that's been the story, and when is he going to get going? But you know, David. Right now, Connor Garland and Oliver ekman Larson, the two big offseason acquisitions, it's it's hard not to like what they've brought to the Vancouver Canucks.
1: Absolutely, uh, the early returns. Connor Garland, I think, right from game one, sort of won over uh, the fans. You know, uh, he was consistent. He plays hard. He's got edge to his game. You know, he's got a little J.T. Miller in his game. Um, you know, and I think that suits him well, and it suits the team well, and. You're you're right. I I think they're a better team than they were a year ago. And last year was a disaster for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, na- you know, one of the main reasons is this pandemic. I mean, it struck Vancouver worse than most any team. Mm-hmm. What happened with their schedule and the, and the players affected and everything else. A healthy team with a new look to it, and and you know, Demko looks. Great, you know he's in one in the you know consideration for the U.S. Olympic team. I mean, I just think there's a lot of upside to this group collectively, and I think Connor Garland obviously is a big part of that for sure.
2: David Amber Hockey Night in Canada Sportsnet is our guest on the People's Show on Sportsnet 650, and the opposition tonight is the Colorado Avalanche uh, at Colorado, and. Nathan McKinnon is going to miss a few weeks with injury. Uh, Kale McCard does return to the lineup tonight for the Canucks, but I mean for the Avs against the Canucks, and they're a team that has underachieved so far, but it's way too early to worry about them at all. But considering McKinnon's out for a while, they've had some injuries, and their goaltending's been a bit uneven at times. What do you make of this Avs bunch right now?
1: Yeah, uh, you know what? Colorado, uh, you know, I think he hit it on the head. I I think they... You know they've had those letdowns in the second round the last few years. They haven't lived up to the, the you know lofty expectations. Uh, and above and beyond that, I, I do wonder about the goaltending. I know some some guys love Darcy Kemper and feel very strong about his goaltending. I'm not sure that's an improvement from uh, Philip Grubauer who they had you know last year, who had a sensational season. Uh, you know, I, I'm that is one thing that I'm curious about. But when I look at that team on paper. I mean, I picked them preseason to win the Stanley Cup. I still have, you know, strong faith in the avalanche and what they can deliver. Um, I do think maybe, just maybe, they're taking a little bit of a page out of the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, playbook from a couple years ago. We all remember a few years ago the Lightning had that incredible regular season and were dismissed in the first round, you know, swept by Columbus. Then they basically wanted to peak at the right time uh, for the playoffs the last two years, and that's exactly what they've done. You know, they started, uh, you know, as a road team uh, in the playoffs this last year. Uh, It didn't matter. In the bubble, you know, they peaked at the right time two years ago and won that Stanley Cup. So I'm not saying they're doing a -a rope-a-dope by any means, but they've had injuries to McKinnon, they've had injuries to and they've had injuries to Makar, uh, they have a new goaltender. I mean, there's certainly issues for them getting sort of their chemistry and getting their their feel back together, guys. And I'm just wondering if that's what it is. Colorado Avalanche fan, having said that, the way that you know Minnesota and St. Louis have come out of the gate and you know the Jets are going to be a very formidable opponent as well, you don't want to slip into a position where you've got to go lights out, you know, down the stretch just to make the playoffs. So I'm sure that's something that's uh, on their mind is they want to stay within striking distance, you know, in the Central and in the Western Conference.
2: You're listening to Sportsnet 650. We're joined by David Amber here on The People Show. And, David, uh, you know, we look at the Pacific Division, and before the season started, we were thinking, all right, you know, is there an opportunity for the Canucks to really pick up some points here? Because this might be one of the... I guess, the the weaker divisions in hockey. And it's turned out to be the opposite to start off the year. Do you think Anaheim, (laughs) San Jose, L.A., and yes, even Calgary, they have staying power in this division?
1: Well, that's a great question. I'm surprised like you are and like many hockey fans are. We looked at the California 3 as sort of, you know, all- rebuilding on, on different, you know, at different stages. Look at the turmoil the Sharks have been through, right? Like, what, six, seven of their players on the COVID protocol list. Anaheim's GM just had to resign, so they're going through a little bit of a, a a gut-check period as well. L.A., you know, one of their great young players, Quentin Byfield, goes out with a broken ankle before the... and through Dowdy's out for, what, six to eight weeks? Like, they've all faced a fair share of adversity, and somehow... Uh, players have uplifted them and really in all three cases it's been young players whether it's Troy Terry and Anaheim or whether it's some of that young cast in San Jose that have seemingly come out of nowhere to carry that team or whether it's some of the young guys uh, you know I have follow Kempe etc in LA so it's been a very cool story is there sustainability to it I would be shocked if you know three teams from California make the playoffs I'd be shocked quite frankly, if two teams from California make the playoffs, and I might even be surprised if one team from California makes the playoffs. Having said that, I think the time, you know, of rolling into Northern California and then going down to Southern California and saying, all right, it's an easy five out of six points or six out of six points. They're not easy outs. They're playing with determination. They're playing, you know, with a lot of Passion right now, and with a lot of confidence, despite being relatively young teams. Certainly, right now in San Jose and in Anaheim. So, I, you know, it's interesting, but it's kind of one of those things. Just like we saw, you know, Buffalo got out of the gate strong, and Detroit's gotten out of the gate strong. You know, it's still November, guys, and we still have a lot of hockey left. I, you know, I'm going to take a measured approach when teams are doing poorly like or underachieving, maybe like Vancouver or Colorado. I'm also going to try and take a measured approach when some teams maybe are overachieving. I, I don't necessarily see long-term uh, you know, term sustainability of this, this season, but I certainly see a bright future uh, for those California teams based on how good some of their young talent is moving forward.
0: David Amber, our guest hockey night in Canada. The Edmonton Oilers, nine wins, two losses. They're uh, just starting off with the Boston Bruins uh, tonight. Puck drop, uh, that game on Sportsnet right now. But um, mm-hmm. it's been an incredible start. I mean, we, we we're we watching. We're in awe of everything Connor McDavid does. And Leon Drysaddle's right there. They're both on 23 points. Nothing's really gone wrong for them this year yet. But I will say, David, uh, they, they kind of feel like Leafs West for me in that there's only so much I can believe until I actually see them get through that first round of the playoffs and show it in the postseason when you know the whistle goes away a little bit and all those different factors start to come back that's plagued the Oilers the last couple of postseasons.
1: I think that's 100% fair. I, I, I do. Um, first of all, what's crazy is this is their best start in franchise history at, when they were nine and one, and now they're nine and two. But I kind of said, "Wow!" All those Gretzky-led teams, all those incredible Stanley Cup teams, and this is their best start in history. But I guess nine and one—the only thing you could do better is yeah. ten and zero, I suppose. But anyways, it's their best start in franchise history. Uh, I say the exact same thing, and you know what? Now maybe they are facing their first bit of adversity. It was just announced today that Mike Smith. They thought it was sort of a day-to-day lingering injury, and now they're saying it's a bit more serious. He's had to leave Edmonton's road trip and head back to Edmonton for evaluation. He tweaked something in practice, so uh, maybe that is a bit of adversity. Uh, yes, Miko Koskinen's been great in net, but you know, I'm not sure what the sustainability uh, of him, you know, playing. Sixty games would be if Mike Smith's out for a prolonged period of time. I'm not sure you're going to be able to run through the West, uh, knowing the other goaltending that you'd have to go up and against in the Western Conference. Whether it's Markstrom, whether it's Demko, you know, et cetera. There's some, you know, Robin Leonard. We we know how good some of these goaltenders are in the Western Conference. I would be very concerned, uh, you know, if they're going to have to run out, uh, you know, 39 year old Mike Smith or. or Who's injured, or Miko Mikko Koskinen? So that's a big concern. And and you're right. And what we've seen, guys, I I think your point is so well made because, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle are arguably the two best players in the game. I mean, certainly McDavid's the, the top player. But things you don't have the time and the space come come playoff time. You know, teams can game. Uh, you you kind of say, okay, McDavid's going to get his two points, but that's it. The, I've been, we, you know, we need to score three goals, McDavid will get his two points, and, and it's a recipe for success. And quite frankly, so far in the playoffs, except for one year, that's really played out, you know. Um, it, it can't just fall on those guys, and the game planning uh, seems to, to have worked. And uh, I, I question, too, I like this Edmonton team, but I, I do question you know, what's the difference between what we're seeing now from the Oilers and what we've seen in previous years? And you can say the same thing about the Maple Leafs for that matter. So, yeah. uh, you know, fool me once and, and you know, shame on you and, and fool me many times, shame on me. And I think that's the approach, you know, people are going to take. You, you'll, you won't be the only skeptical person. Uh, it's great to have a great regular season, but will this translate? Can they play that style of hockey? I'm interested to see. I do like the uh, the Oilers, don't get me wrong, but I, I mm-hmm. I'm, like you, I'm curious to see if it could translate into playoff success.
2: And it's kind of similar for the Calgary Flames because they've also, when they've made the playoffs the last few times, it hasn't gone well. Plus, they've missed the playoffs every other year as well. So I can understand as much as Flames fans are happy with the start, it's also, hey, let's actually see what happens. But they have 17 points in 12 games. They have one of the top Mm -hmm. goal differentials in the league so far. So when you look at the coaching, what Daryl Sutter has done, who has been more impressive with the early season coaching job? Daryl Sutter or Dean Evison with the Minnesota Wild?
1: Well, they've both done an exceptional job. I mean, Minnesota, and it's so funny, the whole narrative around Minnesota has changed dramatically. I mean, two years ago, you'd say, hey, I got free tickets to go see the Minnesota Wild. People would be like, no thanks. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and now they're one of the more exciting teams to watch in the National Hockey League. If you get a chance to watch them, I would always, you know, real hockey fans dig in and and like what they're bringing. They're a fast and fun team to play, or to watch, and and a very difficult team to play against. Uh, Calgary, I'm... Surprised by Calgary and in a, in a good way. I, I wasn't sure. I kind of, you know, had been down this path with them the last few years and said, ah, uh, it just seem they have these nice parts, but what's the color? You know what? This is the Calgary team we expected last year. Markstrom's playing like Vancouver Canucks Markstrom. Their blue line is solid. Uh, and it's funny, they lost Mark Giordano, which is a big loss. Um, but Rasmus... Uh, Anderson and Oliver Shillington have been fantastic this year. Uh, Throw them onto a blue line. We already have Hannafin. You already have, you know, a pretty good group of guys back there. And you kind of say, wow, uh, I like this team. uh, And they grind you out and they're not going to be flash and dash. They're going to grind you out. And and that's a tough brand of hockey to play against. They're very comfortable. If it goes into the trenches, if it's going to be dirty, you know, you know, playoff style hockey, they're very comfortable doing that. So, you know, lots of credit to Daryl Sutter. Lots of credit to the Calgary Flames in their start. I think both Dean Everson and and Daryl Sutter have done a fantastic job. To pick between the two is is you know it's like uh, chocolate and vanilla. You know, no wrong answers here. They're both pretty yummy. So, uh, I I I like it. I, I honestly, I'm very interested to see how this Calgary team uh, goes and if they can continue on this uh, this streak they're on. And, you know, you also have guys playing for contracts, and I don't think that's everything, but Johnny Gaudreau is going to be a UFA and Matthew Kachuk's an RFA, uh, and they seem to both have a real pep in their step right now. So I think there's legitimate excitement surrounding the Flames, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, with Markstrom and Tanev doing what we knew they were capable of doing, and, you know, certainly your audience knows they're very capable of that. That's a formidable team.
0: David, uh, we appreciate the time as always. We'll talk soon. Thank you for this.
1: Yeah, enjoy the game tonight. We look forward to the Canucks on hockey night uh, against Vegas. So this is a big 72 hours for the Canucks. Let's hope they can grab a couple wins.
0: Yeah, big three games. Thanks for this, David.
1: All right, take care. Be well.